Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to My Sex Will All Freaks Are Welcome. Today's episode is extremely, extremely special because not only do I have my first woman guest, but me and this special woman, we actually share the same birthday. I met her um, at this amazing women's networking event that I was a bit hesitant to attend, but I said, you know what? Let me go there with an open heart, an open mind, um, just pretty much let me just kind of let me just go and just be willing to to meet new people, new opportunities and so forth like that. Her name is Pamela J. Campbell. She is an intuitive life coach. She is a motivational speaker. She is an author of two books, one of them, one of them being The Art of Activation. She is all about inspiring, um, uplifting, encouraging women of all ages, all races, all backgrounds. Um, her story is amazing. I had mentioned her on a previous podcast with Mr. Adonis Williams. I told you that I wanted her to orate her story just because the way that she speaks of it and the passion that she has and just her journey from where she started to where she is now is just amazing. And I just thought it was so suiting to have our podcast be about purpose, like what her purpose is, how she was led to her purpose and so forth. So Let's introduce Mrs. Pamela J. Campbell. What's up, Pamela? Hey, thanks for having me. Thank I'm you for, for taking out the time. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be your first woman guest. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's women's, as I said before, it's, uh, what is it, the Women's International Day, but we're going to extend it to, to the month, Women's International Month. That's what's up. <laughs> women's so, power. That's <laughs> yep, exactly. Women power. So, yeah, so I guess just tell the listeners about your story. Um, you know, our podcast is about purpose, purpose being the reason for which something is done. So, you know, are you, you know, why do you do what you do? Um, how did you come about it? Was it a habit? Was it something that you felt was there was a need for change in your life? Was it something that was trending? You know, you saw something that was going on in society and you're like, you know what, I could do that. Or is it just none of the above? It's something that was a bit more, more spiritually connected to you. So speak, speak on that. So it's funny. So I actually had aspirations of becoming an attorney. I wanted to be a lawyer since the age of seven. And I remember, I remember it was career day. I think it was the fourth grade. And I had heels that were probably bigger than my feet. Um, <laughs> a briefcase that I had borrowed. This suit. And it's funny because I actually was sent home earlier that day because I ended up having chickenpox. But the point was, I was like looking forward to career day since the first grade because I remember saying to myself, I'm going to come as an attorney because I want to be an attorney and I want to help little girls just like me. And so my story starts in the Ivy Coast where I was born. My father brought me to the U.S. at the tender age of two and from Starting at the age of six, my father started to both physically and emotionally abuse me until the age of 16. And Mm. so when I was 16, it was the morning of June 12th, 1998. And my father tried to take my life that morning. And by the grace of God, I survived. And I escaped by entering the New York foster care system. So foster care literally saved my life. And I think from that experience, I had it in my mind that I wanted to become an attorney so that way I could have power, right? The meaning that I was giving to power at the time was 
the power that I didn't have as a child to defend myself those years when I was being abused at home. And so I made up this, this fantasy, this story, that if I became an attorney, I was going to have power. I was going to be able to take back my power that I didn't have as a child. But that's not the power that I thought I wanted at the time, right? And so right. I was very angry, very angry about the abuse, very bitter. I wanted people to pay for what my father had done to me. But at the time, I didn't realize what had happened to me. It, it happened for me, not to me, right? So making the distinction of when things happen to you, you're coming from a victim perspective versus right. this has happened for me or this is happening for my greater good, right? And so mm -hmm. on some level, my soul needed to experience the experiences that I endured, whether it was being abused for those 10 years, trying to commit suicide when I was 13 because abuse was so bad at home, having a mental breakdown at age 24 because I was running from the trauma that I had experienced opposed to just being with it, sitting with it, removing the shame around seeing a therapist and actually getting help, right? And right. so I found myself on a spiritual path in 2011 after taking a series of workshops through this organization called Momentum Education. And it was, it was life-changing. It was life-changing in so many different ways. It gave me the tools to create the life that I want to create on my terms, right? So living life by design, not by default, right? Mm. And it was amazing. I was just like, wow. Okay, so this, these workshops and these tools are reiterating what I, what I knew but thought I was crazy for thinking, Right, I was crazy right. for thinking that I'm a powerful being. I can create the life that I want to create. I can be, do, and have whatever it is because I was yeah. wrapped up in what society deemed as success and Success, normal yeah. and the rat race and what how I should be living my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. and so, exactly. Right, and so I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much I had been giving away my power, right? And mm -hmm. having to kind of check in with myself and realize, no, I get to do whatever I want. I get to live life on my terms. I get to define what success is, right? Yeah. And so 2011 had me on this path of spirituality, of finding answers, of finding who am I? Who am I? Why am I here? And it was shortly after where I co-wrote The Art of Activation. So it's Basically, it's a, it's a taste of my story and what happened to me as a child and how I was able to overcome the obstacles and be able to share that with others and hope to touch, move, and inspire other people in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, I co-wrote Woman Rising Volume 2. It's just another version of my story, but it was also good practice for me of putting myself out there because for many, many, right. many years, I was actually ashamed of my story. Because I thought that I had done something wrong, right? Wow. And that, mm -hmm. I, that I deserved the abuse and that I wasn't worthy, that I didn't matter. And so mm -hmm. starting this spiritual journey in 2011, you know, I've learned so much and I'm grateful for everything. And I feel like everything is purposeful. God is purposeful when it comes yep. to the events, the people that you encounter, People you come in contact with, it's either going to be a lesson, 
a lesson, a blessing, a reason, a season, right? And so yeah. learning how to detach myself from the outcome and just being open to whatever the experience is that's being presented to me. And also remembering, because I, I think people forget that we are creators. We are powerful beings, right? Mm-hmm. And the people, the places, the situations, we're creating it. We've called yeah. it into our existence, <laughs> whether on a conscious or subconscious level. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had to realize, okay, everything that I had went through was purposeful and led me to my purpose of right. being able to use my intuition, using other gifts. We all have gifts that, you know, I feel like we're all here to share the gifts that we are, we're given to help improve the world, right? And so mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, I've been a life coach my whole life, didn't know it, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, well, I get to create a business around this, right? And like, you know, serve and be in contribution to people because I feel like we're not here to live this rat race of the nine to five and to live in fear and to be enrolled in what society would deem as successful, right? I turned mm-hmm. 37 yesterday. And so according to society, success would look like me having a, a husband and 2.3 kids and a dog and a white picket fence. And it's like, yeah. no, that's not what success looks like for me at this yeah. point in my life. Success for me right now is, okay, I'm healthy. Thank you, God. I have a business where I get to support people. I get to help them figure out what it is that they want. And the best part of that for me is, like, I get to cheer them on the whole way, right? And just Yeah, exactly. See... You're like their cheerleader. Exactly. And that, for me, is the greatest feeling when people have a breakthrough and realize that they've discovered something that they didn't know, that they didn't know, that they didn't know. And it's like, oh. that's where the magic is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't know, but now you know. And so now you have this valuable information. Now you have this missing piece how do you move mm. forward? You know? Yeah, exactly. I feel what happens too is that as people, we don't have these conversations. You right. know, as you had said before, um, life of uh life, life by design and life by default. Right. Um, and as you had said, we create our lives, we are creators, but these conversations um and these discussions aren't prevalent, they're not commonplace. You know, they, these aren't some this isn't something that people are talking about on a daily basis because they're just like how can we be creators we're not gods but it's not about being a god but it's about understanding as you said we manifest the lives and, and the outcomes of our lives right uh, it, it is us that that we project these energies and these frequencies out into the universe and then it's a reciprocation whatever we put out we shall reap it back exactly so it's kind of like the reaping and sowing you reap whatever you say uh-huh. Oh, so so if you're saying things of negativity or whatever the case may be, that's exactly what you're going to get back. Absolutely. And, and instead of us kind of, you know, and it's not to say I say in my podcast all the time, it's not that we're never going to be in a state of negativity or we're not going to think anything bad. Right. But it's understanding that we have to counter that with the double a double dose of positivity. Absolutely. You know, just to kind of like, you know balance the scales a bit so um and here's the thing right at the end of mm-hmm. the day we're humans and we're gonna have those moments right and so like what i love to tell people it's like okay you're mad be mad 
you're angry, yeah. be angry, right? Like be in it, but like don't live in that space. Have mm-hmm. your moment. Let it pass. Yeah. Go through it, and then yeah, exactly move through it. Mm. Because you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be in it to move through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong, like you said, like to, to actually experience that, to feel that, feel it to then, as you said, to, to then move through it. Because then now, now when you have those feelings, you know how to, how to navigate through it. You know how to, okay, I've been here before. Exactly. Now I know what works for me to then kind of move forward. Um, for a while, well, not a while, but I was always seen as the person in my family that always had an attitude. I was always very um robust and and I was very belligerent and just kind of had these like anger outbursts and as I got older I kind of realized you know what I was a product of my home environment my father was someone that was very he wasn't a very nurturing Mm -hmm. Um, when one day me and my sisters we had a conversation and one of my sisters actually pointed out and it was so enlightening that Again, as you said, you don't know what you don't what wait. You don't know what you don't know what you don't know because you don't know. How, however, exactly. you said it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. So she had kind of said. She said, "You know what? We never saw Daddy kissing on Mommy. We never saw him being affectionate with her. We never saw him saying, oh, you know, baby, I love you,' or whatever the case. Like these endearments, right. we never saw that." All we saw were arguments and just how um, how my mother was struggling. Like my dad was somebody where he prided himself in having a family, but he didn't know how to be a father. He didn't know how to be a family man. Right. You know, so it was like, though for some people, they I tell people I lived with my dad, but he wasn't a dad. He wasn't a father. It was like I might as well not even had even had him in my life because right. I think we would have been better off. So with all of that, um, tension around me as I grew up it just I ended up becoming that I became a product of that I ended up kind of um you know uh, exerting out this this aggression and I was just like what the hell is going on like why am I being this way there's this isn't there's no need for me to be that way there is a better way right and so then I yeah I kind of had to kind of look at what the origin was and say you know what this is what it was but I don't want to be that I right. want to be that kind of focus on what I want to be and it's not that I don't get upset but now I try to facilitate it in a way that um I don't come off um disrespectful rude or whatever or I just kind of try to separate myself right but so real quick if I may offer something so Mm -hmm. as I was listening to you it reminds me of something that I think sometimes as humans we neglect to we forget to remember um so you said something to the effect of your dad didn't know how to be a family man how to be a father right but Mm -hmm. see here's the piece he did he did the best he could with what he had right Right. and so even when I speak about my father people like well how can you forgive him like the man tried to kill you yeah but he did what was done to him, right? And so it's not to excuse the behavior, but it's also to keep in mind, people do the best they can with what they have at their right. level of consciousness, right? Yep. And agree. so at the, at the end of the day, I am willing to do the work. I'm willing to, to do the work to heal 
So that way I don't do that to my children, right? Correct. He wasn't willing to do that, right? And so your father may have not been what you felt you, what you wanted, but he was what you needed, whether you realize it or not, right? Right. And so just, just a reminder of like people do the best they can with what they have, but like kudos to you for even having the observation of like, oh, I, this is a product of my environment. And so mm-hmm. now I get to make a choice right. to do something different, operate different, be different. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm glad that you actually pointed that out because that's something that somebody else had told me. They said, you know, that just like we said, they're doing the best that they can and they're doing only what they know. Right. And then I also, what also was amazing that they pointed out to me, which I also tell other people, is that though our fathers and our mothers are our parents, they're also someone else's child. Yes. So we are all children, you know, uh-huh. depending on, you know, whatever level, we're all someone's child. So I just love that you actually pointed that out because, yeah, you are absolutely right. He did the best that he could. And he was probably a product of his environment. Maybe that's what he saw. And, right. and yeah, and you know, there was times um, that I was upset with him that I had to kind of like detach and disengage with him. But then, yeah, as you said, you know, I got older and I forgave him because there was a time when I was 23 that we actually got physical. Like I got into a oh. fight with him. And kind of like, your father is supposed to be your first love. Your father is supposed to be your protector. Yes. Or, you know, it's just kind of like, that's what, so it's just kind of like, I think with my relationships, I kind of have this, this thing where I feel like I have to always protect myself in all aspects, mentally, physically, emotionally. And then it's just kind of like, they come at me and they're like, why do you, oh, why are you always so defensive? Right. It's just kind of like me having a light in it. But yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you, that you brought that up. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree that he did the best that he could. Um, and think about yeah. it. So you, you said you had the, the, it's like, it sounds like it was like habitual. Like it was like automatic. Like I, I have to protect myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even inside of that though, doesn't that get exhausting? Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Big right. time exhausting. And I was just tired. I remember I had a conversation with someone some time ago. I said, I get tired of apologizing. I want to do things um, where I have to apologize less. Yeah. And I want to. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to always feel like I'm in a position where I'm always forgiving, where I'm always saying sorry. I want to do that. I want to be in a place where people could feel safe around me. People could come to me and and it's comforting. You know, there there was a time when me and my sister um, and it it wasn't even anything, but it was just kind of like even as adults, we were we would fight. And it was just kind of like, again, I had to kind of like step back and say, where is this coming from? You know, why am I feeling this way? What What is going on? So, um, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, definitely doing a self-analysis and, and reflecting on, yeah, on my life and, and, and how making, do I... And making different choices. That's yeah, what it boils sure. down to. Because at the end of the day, we, it's easy to be on automatic and be... There's a difference between being um, in reaction to something versus being mm-hmm. proactive about something, Right. Because if we're, if we're picking up habits and ways about ourselves from our environments, it's really easy to just 
be on automatic and just choose these things that probably don't even serve us, right? Opposed to, okay, well, let me think about this in this moment and make a different choice. Because at the end of the day, it's, it all boils down to the choices that we're making about who we get to be, how we get to show up. And even choosing not to choose, it's still a choice, right? Some people may agree. It's like, no, no, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. No, we always have a choice. Every yep. minute, from minute to minute, is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like you chose. We jacked up the first podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish. I'm going to, we're going to try this again. Right. So I appreciate your patience. And of course. I, I was just like, oh my gosh, why is this not working out? <laughs> I definitely, definitely uh, appreciate your patience and um absolutely it always comes together. <laughs> so now I just want to move on and um just to kind of like go back to the purpose. So is there ever a time or not a time, but I would say what motivates you in your purpose, in your in your journey? in helping people what what is this what is a motivating factor and we're going to also talk about what is demotivating what is kind of like that kind of like throws you off a little bit that kind of throws you off track to say you know what this kind of made me not so motivated or or inspiring or whatever so the first question was what motivates me to do this work so (laughs) i feel like we are living in some scary ass times, okay? And our president is not really supportive of that. <laughs> and so <laughs> I feel like, imagine, a, imagine, imagine the world we live in right now. So there's a lot of division, separation, hate, there's a lot of pain, right? And so for me, based on the events that I've endured in my life, and it could be, the, opti- the, the, the people are like, oh, you're so naive or optimistic, Pam, whatever you want to call it, right? I hold on to the vision that I want to see in the world, right? And so my vision is a world where like people are using their superpowers and their magic to change the world. Right. So imagine a world where people were living to their highest potential, where people knew that they mattered, that people knew that they were loved, that people knew that they were freaking powerful mofos and that they can create whatever it is that they want in the world. Speak on it. And I I hold on to that vision because I know it's possible. (laughs) I know it's possible. I've seen it. I, I, I feel it in my core. I'm just like, this is possible. And so for me, everything that I experience I know for a fact is was on purpose right and so for me now that I know this now that I have this awareness and they know it didn't it didn't happen overnight it was a process being on this spiritual journey I've had to separate my events so here I had to learn and this is funny because this was a lesson that I learned early on in 2018 I had to learn that my trauma is not who I am, right? Mm. And operating outside of the events that have occurred to me in life. And so once I did that, I can see myself as, okay, well, not just Pamela J. Campbell, but my soul, right? 
So like, what is, what is my sole purpose here on earth? Right. Cause I feel like we all, so Oprah says it very eloquently, right? We are souls having a human experience. And so I feel like when I'm in pain or I'm, I'm being a victim about something, I'm not connecting to my soul, right? It's the human form that's feeling betrayed or this or that when it really doesn't exist, if that makes sense. Like at the end of the day, we're all connected. We're all one. There is no separation, right? And so, yes, do I come in contact with people who may not follow that ideology or those beliefs? Yes. But I have to also remember everyone is on their own journey and everybody is exactly where they need to be, right? And so I may go somewhere, an event, or I'm speaking, I can share my truth. I can share what is my truth, right? You can either accept it or not. Or sometimes if I'm lucky, it sparks a really good conversation and I love those, right? (laughs) And so we're remembering that it's possible Everything and anything is possible. At the end of the day, we are possible if we choose to be, right? And so I became a possibility the minute I co-wrote that first book and then that second book. And I continue continue to be a possibility for someone else by continuing to do the work that I do. Now, is it always roses and pretty and glamour? No, right? At the end of the day, I'm learning entrepreneurship is hard work. Right. But it's also it's also it takes courage. It takes discipline. It's yes. Do I have my moments? Absolutely. And I have to bring it back to source. I have to bring it back and be like, okay, God, in this moment, what is it that I'm not seeing? What is it you're trying to tell me? Um, And really go back to like the tools that I learned a few years ago from that workshop and apply it as far as like, well, how am I showing up? And what is it that's, oh, I met this person. What is, what is it that's reflecting back to me? Because at the end of the day, we are always surrounded by messages, right? We are surrounded by messages. If we pay attention, there are messages that surround us every day. And I believe in miracles. There are miracles that surround us every day as well. So during those, those moments, I'm grateful that I have a great support system of friends who are also, some of them are entrepreneurs, where I could just be like, okay, I need two minutes to vent, and then I'm, we're going to move past it, right? So we call it the two-minute timer, <laughs> and I have my two minutes. <laughs> and then, right, and then keep it pushing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a new day. Actually, though. Say again. Do you time it? Oh, you actually- oh, absolutely. My friend will call and they'll be like, I need, the, I need the egg timer. Okay, got it. Two minutes, you are on the clock. <laughs> Shoot it out. Right, exactly. And you get to vent and let it out and let it go. And then two minutes is up. Oh, so what are we going to do now about it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because exactly. words, words are powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like when, you're, when we're speaking, we are, you're speaking life into mm. words. It is a powerful yep. thing that I don't think people pay attention to um you're speaking life into words and so everything you're saying everything you're putting out there that's what you're broadcasting to the universe and so so whatever you're broadcasting it's going to show up in your life in some form or fashion 
Yeah, because the universe doesn't know if it's good for you or not. They're like, oh, this is what you're talking about. This is what you want. This is okay. I'm gonna give it to you. Right, and then like, it, especially the feelings, if the feelings around it are very strong, because it's because yeah. it's, it's it's responding to your thoughts and your feelings. I'm so down for that. And so, what kind of? Well, you already talked about what what I guess like the demotivating factors, I guess, because you kind of said like with entrepreneurship, there is a lot of, um, you know, there's times where you, you may be doubtful or whatever, but it takes a lot of courage and so forth like that. So what do you think is, um, why do you think people these days are just in this state of, of unhappiness there's there's and the reason why I ask that is because I'm actually looking at this quote from Mr. Alan Watts he says it's very commonly said that the root of human unhappiness is the sense that most oh wait sorry it's very commonly said that the root of most human unhappiness is the sense that one's life has no meaning or no purpose Mm -hmm. so do you think that a lot of people are just living without purpose that they have no idea what they're doing they're just kind of like on autopilot and just just to kind of like pull back what you said their their life is on default right um so in my experience i feel like absolutely people can live in a state of just being on automatic right because i definitely was one of those people and in some formal ways i still am right i'm a work in progress it is a process right and Mm -hmm. At one point, I thought my purpose was to become an attorney, right? Boy, I was wrong. And it's funny. that what is, So what is that quote? When, when um, there's a quote about when you make plans, something to the effect of like, when you make plans, God laughs or something like that. Like, you may have a plan. Um, oh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And, and, <laughs> and, I've, and I've learned this the hard way, right? <laughs> um, and so... And thinking back to the experiences that I've had, it is very easy to think that you have one purpose. And really, I believe that we have more than one purpose, to be honest with you. Like, yes, I'm coaching now. I'm speaking. I love to facilitate workshops on possibility. But who knows? Five years from now, God would maybe like, okay, well, I need you to do this now. Right? Because I definitely have aspirations and goals of like making a change in the Ivy Coast where I was born. Right. I want to make a global change. I want to I want to su- support those that are currently in the foster care system mm-hmm. more so than what I do with my board seat on foster care unplug, but much more on a like a global level. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think it's very easy to get caught up and think that, oh, well, this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then I feel like we all know. There's a knowing. At some point in your life, you'll get to that knowing. And for me, I feel like it was, for me, it came when I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then you start to realize, okay, well, this doesn't make sense, right? Or like, there has to be more than just going to work and coming home and getting a paycheck, right? There's there's something, right? There's something inside of you that yearns for more, that wants to know more. And so I feel like for me, that time came when I was just like, I'm tired. I'm just, I'm tired of being sick and tired. And there, like something has to give. And then led me to 
different experiences, different journeys, doing research, figuring out, okay, well, what is my sole purpose? Why am I here? We all have an assignment. And I feel like we, we knew what the assignment was before we came into this world. So, I, so one of my favorite books is Radical Forgiveness. I love that book. And it talks about how before coming into this world in human form on a soul level, we all know what the purpose is. But when, we, but when we come into human form, we come into the world, we forget. And so our job is to remember. It's a remembering, an awakening, whatever you want to call it. And on this journey, your job is to remember what that purpose is and to fulfill that purpose while you're here before going back home. I love that. (laughs) Guys, I'm telling you, I told you I wanted her to talk. I cannot talk for this woman. Like, I just love to hear you talk. And I love the fact that you said that we have more than one purpose because that was actually what I was going to talk about next was just, do you think that we have more than one purpose? And me, I definitely do believe so. Just as you said, as we transition from our life cycles, I feel like we have, we go through life cycles, like maybe every five years or seven years, whatever that may be. Right. You know, what I wanted to be or who I wanted to be 10 years ago is completely who I want to, who I am right now. Cause um, I know you talked about being an attorney. I actually wanted to be a dance choreographer. So, (laughs) right I love dancing I've always loved dancing I was always known to like just put my headphones on dance around in the room um and I still do that to this day you know because obviously after a certain time you know you want to be mindful of your of your um neighbors so I just yep I just dance around my apartment and everything like that and um and I was in a dance group and so forth but yeah I definitely do believe that we all have um multiple uh multiple purposes and I do feel like even though with you being an attorney um you wanted to help people through that field of law and I still that's still kind of in a sense you already kind of had it imprinted in your mind that you want to help people but it wasn't that avenue it was just like you said God was like okay you want to help people you kind of found it but we just pay we need to dig a bit more so and then it kind of led you to that so I still feel like it's still um though it wasn't being an attorney it was still kind of absolutely and it it just looked different right at at the end of the day when we give up our attachment to what it's supposed to look like everything and anything is possible so many things will come right because we have let go of what we think it should look like so Mm -hmm. yes I'm not an attorney supporting youth in foster care but I'm still supporting youth in foster care, right? As a life coach, right? As a foster care advocate. So it, it looks different, but the work is still the same. Sure, yeah. There's, um, I love to, uh, to bring up Inky Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, if you know about him, but he was, he was big in his town. I think he was, um, he was a big time like high school or college. No, I think it was high school. He was a big high school football player. And the scouts were coming to check him out. And he was like, great. He was going to go to the NFL. He had all these big aspirations and goals. And his last game, he got hit so hard that Mm. his his left, I I believe it's his right arm, became paralyzed. Mm. The thing that he could think of when he was in his um, hospital bed was, 
how can I play football? Like my dreams and my goals are done. My like, there's no purpose for me now. My purpose is to play football. Right. But as you said, if you want God to laugh, tell him what your plans are. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Those were his plans. He was like, I'm going to be a big football player. I'm going to take care of my family. You know, uh-huh. turns out as he recovered and though he was paralyzed, he found his true meaning. He found his true passion, which was to be a motivational speaker, to nice. teach, to talk to people about, you know what? You may not go this way, but there's always another way for you to go to be successful. Yep. You know, there's multiple ways for us to be successful. And like, you, you know, it looks different for everybody. Yep. Absolutely. He's just amazing. Like when I saw his video, I like almost cried. I was watching it in Macy's and I oh. was just like, gosh he's he's just amazing and sometimes it takes these big events to Mm -hmm. kind of steer us in the right direction of our purpose right or one of our purposes right so i love the saying um rejection is god's protection if you're trying Mm -hmm. to force something and you're like i'm gonna do this i have to do this and you keep getting rejected or it's not working let it go it's not for you. <laughs> you are being redirected to where you're yeah. supposed to be. I never heard that quote. Rejection is God's protection. I yeah. love that. That is definitely a jewel. That is definitely something to be reiterated in everybody's mouth because that is beautiful and something to live by. Absolutely. Whether it's men, like, think about it. Oh, you yes. know, that guy didn't call me back, blah, blah, blah. He may have been married. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, it, it may have been something. Whatever it was, God was protecting you from it. Yeah, exactly. A he job. Could... Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's how I always see Like, I remember I had gotten, I, I was a, um, a temp, and they were letting me go. Mm-hmm. And I was with them for about a year and a half. I didn't care. I was just, I was, and they were like, wow, you have such a good attitude. They weren't nasty about it, but it right. was just like, up and they were like wow you have such a good attitude about it I said well it's just that my time is up here there's something better that this isn't the end of the road exactly never see it as something that's so terminal and detrimental to my life it just means that there's another purpose out there God listens to me he knows what I want he knows what I need and I'm gonna trust that amen and it's a blessing right at the end of the day people like oh I was fired or oh this guy broke up to me girl that is your good news how about that? <laughs> right. Because your husband, the man that's supposed to be for you is coming. Exactly. He's making room for you because he knows what you're supposed to be getting. He knows your worth. Exactly. Wow. See, I'm so glad I I'm so glad everything worked out. Me too. <laughs> These kind of, you know, were, um, I was just like, damn, I was kind of starting to to waver. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, maybe we should do a face-to-face. I was like, no, I'm not going to let this deter me. We're going to push it through. There you go. <laughs> so now, do you have like, because now we're kind of coming to the end, we're going to wrap it up. Do you have a quote that you want to share with the listeners about purpose or just or just about anything? Maybe something that that resonates with you, something that is a mantra, something that you go to on a daily basis. That is just very comforting and it gives you the strength and the tenacity that you need to push forward in your journey on your on your journey of purpose. I would offer that people get to figure out whatever their whatever speaks to them as far as like either 
a morning ritual, right? Which I've been doing, as, you know, which includes meditation, time with spirits. Um, but I will say this. This is one of my favorite quotes. I actually made this up myself um, mm. based on everything that I've been through in life. When, when you are clear, it will appear. <laughs> when you're clear, it will appear. Meaning when you are absolutely 100% sure of what it is that you want out of life, it will show up. I promise you. My apartment is evidence of that. Uh, where I'm at right now in my career is evidence of that. Like when, Once you are clear and very specific about what you are asking the universe, God, whatever, however people um, want to call it, it will, it, will, it will show up every single time. Wow. That was me. I don't even have a quote that I want to share because I just want to leave it off with that. That was just beautiful. That was more than perfect. That was, I don't even know a better word than perfect. I just feel like that was just so divine. I feel like that is just, yeah. <laughs> I felt like that was something that should be in the Bible. That's like a scripture, right? That is like, Thank like, <laughs> serious. It will appear. Absolutely. Yes. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Pamela, thank you for joining in on today's episode of Purpose. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, you'll definitely be a, a regular guest, I hope. Absolutely. Um, and um, all right, guys, I'm going to see you later. We're going to close off. And um, all right. Till next time. Bye, guys.